We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Good, Good morning, Scott. Scott. Uh, Good morning. We should start about uh, start talking about the seminar, November 21st, if November. people want to get involved in this. Yes, November 21st. Just uh, hit our... Listener inquiry button on our website at andyanddon.com mm-hmm. or calls at the office at 905-529-7165. It's about mastering your retirement. I know Andy and I, we discuss so many tidbits mm-hmm. and you know little bits of pieces of every aspect of a financial plan. And what we've done in this particular seminar, we grabbed all the information in a very concise manner and put it just about your retirement and how to make sure that you can you know, bulletproof your retirement, get, get a retirement paycheck, um, go through what we call Monte Carlo analysis, mm-hmm. and it's quite exciting. And, and you're going to go through a lot of things and see what really applies to you. And afterwards, if it makes sense, you can actually have your own plan done mm-hmm. at a later date. So yeah. no, quite quite exciting. And two different options here, right? Yes, thank you. Uh, one one is at the RBG at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is on November 21st, and one is at 7 p.m. at the Ancaster Old Mill. All righty, that's November 21st. And again, if you want to find out more, hit the website at andyanddon.com or give them a call at 905-529-7165. Talking about running out of money. Running out of money. And Never I guess this fun. is, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess in some ways, one of the issues we'll talk about in the seminar, which is longevity, is really about this exact issue. Mm-hmm. And so th- this, is sort of, this is a case study for listeners as we are looking back uh, on a client file that... Um, was a client that I actually inherited about 15 years ago. But as I looked back through the records, uh, as far as I could tell, uh, as far as I could see on our system, we had this client was originally uh, back in 1998. So Mm -hmm. a little about 21 years uh, they'd been a client. And so, well, I'll change the names to protect the innocent. Right. (laughs) Bill and Sue, uh, we'll call them Bill and Sue, and they're both 75 years old today. So back 21 years ago, we were talking about a Mm 54-year-old, right? And uh, when they were first uh, became... uh, uh, clients of ours and became engaged in the financial planning process. And so just looking at um, some meetings we've had recently in the last 12 months and talking about uh, updating their wills, for example, mm-hmm. and they needed to do that. There was um, uh, the wills and power of attorneys needed to be updated. Some of the executors had passed away. Um, they have uh, a child who has unfortunately become estranged mm. and is not that connected at this point. And so that has left both Bill and Sue sort of with um, two different opinions about right. how their estate should be handled as mm. well. Should it be uh, given to the, to the child or should it be um, perhaps put in trust for the child or maybe mm. even given to charity? Right. So there's a, a differing of opinions there. Right. But they've um, uh, but they've worked that out. Uh, so Bill's health issues have changed a little bit recently, and mobility has become a problem in that he can't walk very far. Mm-hmm. So it's um, uh, and the two of them have been in their own home, which they love, and has always been a financial goal to stay in their home as long as possible. Yeah. And Sue is doing well, and uh, but has some worries about, you know, cognitive issues. I don't, she said, I don't know. I'm just worried about dementia and Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and all of that. And, um, but at this point they're still sort of muddling through being independent and and living in their own home and, uh, trying to use whatever resources and tools are available in the system. But it, uh, 
I think it's becoming more and more of an issue for both of them. Right. So, you know, they, they were both, they both lived a very modest lifestyle Mm -hmm. and, um, and as a result, their lifestyle, uh, their expenses for their lifestyle weren't exorbitant. They lived within their means throughout their life for sure. And, um, you know, I've always managed debt well, et cetera. So, you know, in pretty good shape. And when I look back in 1998, so 21 years ago, they had um, an, a spousal RSP, which had about $43,000 in it. And they were adding 300 a month. And it was basically a moderate portfolio, 60-40 split. So middle of the row in terms of risk profile. And uh, and Bill had about seven grand. So they had $50,000 total. Mm. That was it at that point, but they were still accumulating a little bit. And, um, in terms of planning, looking forward to retirement at that stage, they were looking at, uh, obviously Canada pension plan benefits, mm-hmm. uh, old age security benefits, and, um, and Bill was going to be entitled and is entitled to a Stelco pension that would continue for life as well. And then they had some modest savings, no debt, and, um, uh, and of course their home. Mm-hmm. And... So we're looking back over those all those years. The, uh, the actually the average return was around seven percent for their portfolio. So it certainly did its job from a performance standpoint. And about four years after that, they retired in two thousand and two. So they've been retired for about seventeen years. Mm. And um, so by the, at the point at which they retired, Sue's uh, spousal RSP had grown to about sixty eight thousand. And so they started taking some money from that to supplement their lifestyle and about 400 a month from, from the RIF at that point. And through that, through the last 17 years, in particular early on, they took some lump sums periodically, mm-hmm. and that was typically for trips. So yeah. it might be 3000 here, 2000 there as they, uh, as the urge came along to do something, mm-hmm. get away from winter. And then, um, at 62, they, uh, that was 2006, they uh, approached us about buying a car and there had been an accident. I think their car had been written off, so mm-hmm. they needed to buy a new car uh, and, um, and needed about 30 grand. So in thinking about that strategy, we, we knew that if they cashed in all the, the riff at that point, it would be a big tax hit. Mm-hmm. Didn't make sense because they were both in a lower bracket. So it was better to spread that out. So, um, the option was, do we, you know, pay for the car over installment payments, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, take it out of the riff as a lump sum, pay the tax. And, and so the other thing that we looked at, and in fact, um, you know, Don, we were talking about this last week was how to, when you're using the home equity right. as a, through a line of credit. Mm-hmm. So we did talk about reverse mortgages mm-hmm. way back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, they actually had a visitation by a reverse mortgage, uh, salesperson that stepped them through how mm-hmm. the process would work. And, um, in following up with that, they decided, no, it just didn't feel right. There was too many, mm-hmm. some restrictions, the right. cost, et cetera. Right. So they decided not to do that. And, and by, by <laughs> the way, uh, it was interesting because I did have to go through, you know, accessing the website and putting some information and they're very vil- vigilant and following up when yeah. you do this. I've yeah. had a phone call and a couple emails since yeah, they yeah. asking <laughs> they if I'm interested you, in my reverse mortgage. Reverse right, mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back in 2006, their home was worth about $600,000. And uh, so what we decided to do and ended up doing was build up creating what we call an, an all-in-one line of credit, mm-hmm. an all-in-one home equity line of credit for $190,000. So mm-hmm. the home was worth about six hundred. dollars 
they took out a line of credit for 190000 and that was basically them qualifying for it based on their income. Right. Because at that point, they were retired, didn't have uh, a lot of income. We'll talk about that in a second. But... Um, uh, and so from that 190000 they used $30,000 to buy the car. Mm-hmm. And they were just making some interest-only payments on that, a little bit of principal as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so now, that was 2006, and now here we are in 2019, 13 years later, and that line of credit, um, they've used about another $70,000 of it for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's been a few things that maybe had to get done around the house. Uh, others, it's been vacations or going away down south. So well, roughly about 6000 a year, mm-hmm. 500 a month towards their lifestyle while they were uh, using that all-in-one home equity line of credit. And so here we are now at 75. Sue still has $13,000 left in her RIF. Mm-hmm. And at they're taking now, they've reduced it to about two fifty a month. So it's going to last about three years mm-hmm. to age 78. Bill's, um, Bill's savings are gone at this point. And um, the home is now worth $1.2 million. Oh, my. Hmm. Right? Wow. So over the last 13 years, it's right. basically doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So on the line of the home equity line of credit, they borrowed thirty thousand originally for the car, and then they've borrowed seventy thousand for lifestyle, and so they owe about a hundred grand mm-hmm. on the hundred and ninety. So they still had ninety thousand available on that line of credit, and uh, so in terms of income, the uh, Stelco pension has been uh, still there and survives. Mm-hmm. It's about twenty five thousand a year. And their old age security combined is about 14000 per year, Canada Pension Plan 14000 and the payment from the spousal RIF 3000 a year. So a total of 56000 is their income. They're paying about $3,500 in tax uh, because they're able to split pensions, et cetera, and take advantage of all tax planning opportunities there. So after tax, about 52500 a year. So they're... they're Income monthly is $4,375. And out of that $4,375, they've taken $350 of it, $350, to make payments on the all-in-one line of credit. Right. Which is, at this point, interest rates have gone up a little bit from when they first started it. Um, but it is paying all the interest and a little bit of principal, but right. basically covering the interest for the most part. So they basically have about 4000 a month in terms of lifestyle. So all these other factors which are coming into play now, they're older, um, there's maintenance on the home, mobility issues, health issues, all of this. these issues, they, they sort of talked about, gosh, you know what, we've always wanted to stay in our home, but we're not sure if we can. Right. And should we stay in the home and just keep using the line of credit, or should we sell the home? Well, they're worried about increasing costs, the costs around home, the costs around you know maintaining it, and yeah. just lifestyle costs as well. They're worried about uh, being able to continue to give to charity, which they've been doing to the tune of about 2000 a year, but now that's becoming a bit of a struggle to do that and mm-hmm. still ma- maintain that, do the things they want to do. And they're concerned about their estate and particularly the, for the child, the estranged child, and they don't have a, a trustee that they can really use to maintain or, or manage their estate as well. So these issues have been part of the, the process they're dealing with right now. So they've been thinking about a retirement residence for the two of them. And that costs about five grand a month mm-hmm. for a decent place. 
And so we started running through the numbers. If they sell the home for $1.2 million, they'd pay about 3.5% real estate fees. They've got some moving costs. They have to pay back the line of credit of 100000 So they'd be left with about a little over a million dollars, a million and $50,000. And now in terms of generating an income, uh, what could they do and how long will it last? And so there's really sort of five different things around income. One is going to be uh, how to get an income monthly. So we can use what's called a systematic withdrawal plan where they take a portion of principal and growth every month. Mm -hmm. They could use a return of capital where they get tax-free capital every month. They can take obviously lump sums, which would trigger capital gains. They could continue to gift money which could uh, improve, so they'd be able to do the charity. And then finally, in terms of inheritance after 20 years, would there be anything left over as well? So when we come back, I'll tell you sort of how we ended up and where we sit now. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message, and book your spot on their for their November 21st seminar at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message, or book your spot for their November 21st seminar at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. Want to plug the seminar one more time? Sure, absolutely. So uh, we're excited to have every, anybody and everybody come and join us on, to, on Thursday, the 21st of November, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. in the morning at the RBG in Burlington, Royal Botanical Gardens, and at 7 p.m. at the Ancaster Old Mill, mastering your retirement and three things that you need to be thinking about in retirement, longevity, inflation, and poor early returns, what we call sequence of returns. And we'll be talking about that at the session as well. And feel free to book your spot, 905-529-7165. And you can also do so through the website at andyanddon.com. Talking about uh, your money and running making it, it last. And making running it last, it out, hopefully. And, you know, this is a common fear. And in this situation, it sort of has played out. But like so many people, they were lucky enough that they had assets in terms of the equity in their home. And uh, when we looked at converting that, we were easily able to generate at 4% return, $5,000 a month with inflation of 2% for 20 years. So wow. taking them right, right, off the house. right, right through wow. to age 95 yeah. without worrying about running out of money. At six, at 5%, they could get 5,500 a month. At 6%, they could get 6,000 a month. And so not only was this going to be able to give them security in terms of being able to live in a retirement residence, but they also now have their regular cash flow as part of their yeah. flexibility for extra care or in case they need to, um, one of them needs to go into long-term care mm-hmm. and one is still good. So at the end of the day, they were, although they were so reluctant about leaving their home mm-hmm. and the fear, and but yet here fear of running out of money has sort of brought them to this decision. But now it feels like the weight has lifted off. Yeah, they can see a path mm-hmm. and, and they're very excited about what the future is going to be. Oh, great story. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, you've gone through so many little things that you did, Andy, in helping these clients throughout this retirement stage. And again, you've had them for quite some time before mm-hmm. that, to get them to retirement. And often we forget about all the little changes we make to a person's portfolio over mm-hmm. many years. Right. And it's, uh, first of all, before I get to that, though, I did want to ask you, Scott, you said, what month is it now? Is it already? 
It is. It uh, is Financial Literacy Month. <laughs> I I didn't even realize it. it. Snuck up on you, didn't yes, it? It, yes. snuck on, it? Snuck up on me like that snowstorm last week. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, so for you listeners out there and you think, you know what? Is it November yeah. or is it Financial Literacy Month? Aren't you yes, supposed you're to, both right. Aren't you supposed to get something for your financial planner this month? I think it's a great <laughs> idea. I think, I think we could start that movement right now. There's a new trend right <laughs> That's there. That's right, yeah, yeah. A Tim Horton's car to be nice. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I do a lot of uh, reading of uh, Carl Richards' material, and he was a financial planner in Utah. We've had him on air here a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, terrific um, in terms of illustrating the you know what differences things make, and literally illustrating. He does a lot of uh, sketches for mm-hmm. the New York Times, and one of his sketches, it just you know rang true with me, is all these little changes like Andy was just doing with his particular situation. And it feels like we don't do that much. Sometimes we take it for granted what financial mm. planners do. Mm. And there's less, lots of little things along the way. And they make a massive difference. So one of his sketches is literally all these tiny little make little differences. And then over 20 years, how much difference your net worth is because of these differences. Right. Never mind the peace of mind. Mm. Never mind, okay, I feel good about what we're doing and the confidence of moving forward because that's a stress that hits, it's number two stress in right. Canada. Right. It's just financial stress. So never mind that aspect of t- relieving stress off Canadians, but real dollars, how much more do we make a difference? And, and it, you know, I was just going through a book uh, last week. I'm thinking, you know what? We just take for granted because we do this every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything from, you know, you start off uh, earlier on, we've been both in the business around 35 years now, uh, $200 a month pre-authorized check. Yeah. Well, you know, big deal. You're adding a couple hundred dollars a month. Well, it's amazing how that adds up. Yeah. And how many would have done that had we not have stepped into their lives? Mm-hmm. Or how many may have stopped it if oh. we hadn't have stepped in yeah. and Good said, man. you've got to keep doing it. Yeah. Good point. Or getting that life insurance. Mm-hmm. It's not like people are knocking down the doors. I got to get life insurance. No. Okay. No. It's one of those things that... <laughs> Sorry, was that answer not uh, as enthusiastic as it should be? Uh, and uh, for I'm un- paying all this money for when I'm dead. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> But again, you're leaving yes. you know, your loved ones in a, in a better, it's a responsible thing, but yes. it's nothing, it's, we're too busy to look after all these little loose ends. And then you buy a house and then what's the best way to pay that down? And is there a mortgage plan? Is there quicker ways to pay it off? You have kids and those RESPs. Mm-hmm. Next thing they go to university without even incurring any debt. Yeah. And we've seen our clients go through this and that's absolutely remarkable. It's a speed bump at best. My wife and I talk about that all the time. Like, thank God we did that way mm-hmm. back when. Cause you just don't know, you know, as life goes on, everything's more expensive. You know, absolutely. You, just, you know, there's more and more and more and more and more expense, right? And it's more complicated. It's, it does. It's not like it's going to get easier later. No. Even if you make more money, there's other things that come up. Yeah. A new car, uh, you know, a family yeah. trip, whatever yeah. it might be, will take precedent over that RESP. Next thing you know, your kids both have sixty, eighty thousand dollars waiting for them mm-hmm. at the age of eighteen to start university, and you're thinking, "Wow, good thing we started that one." We did. Yeah. Again, a massive difference in in an impact on your life too. The tax planning that Andy was just going through, and the investment planning. Literally, they say a good financial plan at three percent to your rate of return. Mm-hmm. 3%. I thought you were going to say three years to your life. Oh, you might do that too, actually. There's probably <laughs> this connection there and I didn't go that deep into it. But ha- having said that... I could see that. <laughs> the, just the stress. And, and the, of course, there's the estate planning yeah. on trying to keep as much as possible to the estate. So they actually did a study of 15,000 Canadians and they looked at those that had a financial plan and they were on, more on track with their financial and retirement goals they uh, had an improved ability to save. They mm-hmm. saved more. 
um, because possibly they're a little more cognizant of the spending they're doing. Um, it, this was a really interesting one. Better able to indulge in discretionary spending. They actually had more fun. Yeah. They went and did more stuff. You feel less guilt about it. Yeah, because they yeah. knew that, okay, I, I guess we can afford that. Maybe we shouldn't. Could mm -hmm. we take that trip or not? I don't know. And because maybe there's not as much leakage through other expenses that, um, you know, it's amazing how you can save so much money if you're not, say, spending an extra $3 or $5 here and there. Mm -hmm. It just adds up. Um, on track on their financial affairs, way higher. And, uh, and what they did, they actually split it up between a dealing with a com comprehensive financial plan versus a limited financial plan vis versus you do-it-yourself planner. So they actually looked at the three types of people. So some people think they have a financial plan. Well, a comprehensive financial plan has three of the following. They have, they've looked, the financial planner has gone over their household uh, cash flow. They've looked over, done some tax planning. They've done some retirement planning. They've done some estate planning. They've done investment planning. They've done debt, um, debt management and also risk management. So if you've gone over three of those in your financial plan, then that would be considered a comprehensive financial plan. Mm -hmm. um, a limited financial plan would only have one or two of those. Right. And I would suggest that most of those may have an investment plan. Right. So they deal with an investment planner, which is usually a broker of some sort or an advisor at the bank. Um, and they may have gone through risk, gone through the risk of what risk tolerance are you. But they really leave the ball dropped in terms of all the other aspects, um, and particularly cash flow. That one there seems to be the one everybody wants to ignore, including mm -hmm. the clients. But it's one that we like to go through because until we know what your, how much your expenses are, we don't know how much you need. Yeah. So they went through those and they said, well, are you on track on your financial affairs? Well, if you had a comprehensive financial plan, 81% of people said they were on track. Uh -huh. If you had a limited financial plan, 73%, still pretty good. If they had no financial plan at all, only 44% were on track. Hmm. Massive difference. Um, the, the ability to save more in the, next five, in the past five years because you had a comprehensive financial plan was 62% versus 56% for a limited plan versus 40% for having no plan at all. So at the end of the day, they said, well, if you're gonna have a plan, why don't you get a, a real planner? Like, don't get your mail-in financial plan, um, check a few squares, and here, here's yeah. a questionnaire for you. It's, it's kind of like when you go to a doctor, mm. and you sit there, and you're a new patient, and you got to start checking off what are you. It says, how fun is that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, gotta, I go on to talk to the doctor, and eventually, this is all quite often to do with legal mm -hmm. reasons. And if you have a good doctor, they do look at that mm -hmm. survey, but they also ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's a real, and that's what a good financial planner does. Yes, we do go through a questionnaire perhaps, um, and, but we do go, go far deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And that's a surface planning at best. So if you're going to get a financial planner, get one with their CFP, Certified Financial Planner. Because, um, first of all, like we said, you are going to end up 78% better on re getting your financial, uh, sorry, your financial affairs on track versus 54% that did not have a certified financial planner. So if I looked at this as grades, and you say, okay, you're dealing with a CFP and you got a 78% chance of be having your affairs in order, that's like a, a B plus. Mm -hmm. Or you're not dealing with a CFP and you got a 54% chance that your affairs are in order. That's, that's a D. That's a D. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not good. <laughs> so just to put this in perspective, I was, you know, A minus B plus was kind of my thing. 
um, if I got D's, I wasn't allowed to go home. Mm. Okay. So, but in as far as um, closer to achieving your life goals. Now, this is not just financial goals. These are all your life goals. 70% deal with a CFP versus 61% without a CFP. Okay. Uh, call it a B versus a, a C. Yeah. Okay. Uh, greater peace of mind. This one's a really good one. 73% had greater peace of mind dealing with a CFP rather mm -hmm. than a non-CFP was only 63%. Again, a B versus a C. Spend, it's interesting. This was a very important, I felt, and they've, they felt they were spending more time when they're sitting down with a true financial planner. And it, it turns out it was correct. They spend 36% more time in face-to-face -face meetings during an appointment. And you know, Scott, what it's like to go through the details yeah. of cash flow, everything. It's oh. grueling. It, it takes a, some time. Yes. Okay. If you're doing a surface plan, you know, you can be done in and out in an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah. a true financial plan, it, it takes a couple hours to really, yeah. if not more. And yeah. that's just the first meeting. Yeah. So, and, and you know, a bit of it, Don and Andy are the only ones that are ever excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> sitting around the kitchen table. Don't sound so excited. Sitting around the kitchen table, they are the most excited. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And, and at the same time. And I mean that as a true compliment. Well, thank you, Scott. And funny enough, uh, because of the time and energy we put in and truly care yeah. as financial planners. And you're right. This is stuff people don't want to do. Right. They don't want to face it. They don't want to, you know, they'll, 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 they'll be go, they'll go sleepless at night rather than attend to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as soon as you do, like you said, it's okay, there's a big box checked off. It's a sense of relief because now you know what direction you're going. Yeah. And you say, okay, there's a solution. Here's what we can do to fix this, the circumstances and to make it better and to achieve your goals. And funny enough, because of this relationship, because truly it ends up being a relationship yeah. with your with mm. your clients or with your financial planner, they last with that person 34% longer. Mm. So there is an allegiance, there's a loyalty, because if you're doing a good job, why would you want to leave? Plus what I've found too is having you guys, as you go through life, you're going to deal with various bankers. You're going to deal with various mortgage people, various insurance people, very whatever. And and it always changes because people progress and right. they do their thing. So the person you dealt with at the bank last time isn't the same person and doesn't know anything. And you got to start all over again. Yeah. Whereas at least if you got a planner, then they're following everything all the way along and can give you advice for all that stuff. As opposed to, hey, is Jim, what do you mean Jim doesn't work here anymore? Yeah. You know? And how would you like to every single time you had a meeting with your doctor? Yeah, you had to restart over. again. Yeah, okay, yeah. so did you have any health issues? Well, yeah. going back to twenty five, I did this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that would be the same every single time. And yeah. rather than, oh yeah, I just saw them last year. I saw her last year. She knows my circumstances. Yeah, and uh, if there was a change somehow, that person would recognize the change and, and question those changes. Mm -hmm. And that's the same from a financial planning standpoint. Yeah. We say, oh wow. Um, you know, did you renovate the house? Did mm -hmm. something go on? Or was there a death in the family? What, yeah. you know, and you recognize whatever the change was, and we make adjustments to the plan based on those changes. Mm -hmm. So it's all these small details make an amazing difference. And again, this, so you look at this uh, Carl Richards, um, one of his um, charts, if you will, is just a f bunch of blocks all messed up, like as if it was just fell out of a wheelbarrow and yeah. just left a big pile of blocks. Well, true financial plan takes those same blocks and now they put them all into a nice order. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's all about is changing that chaos of all these different rules, um, goals, financial products, taxes, everything, throw it in and, and make a nice plan with it. And, you know, there's personally, as I, I, 
I'm so pumped when I can take that situation and create something that will accomplish everybody's goals. Yeah, it's solving a problem. It, it's great. And yeah. I walk away and, and my mind's still spinning afterwards, quite frankly, and say, okay, is there anything else I could have done? And we'll mm. send an email afterwards and say, mm. you know what? One other thing we did is uh, here's another option. Yeah. Um, this is what another suggestion. And it's, and last thing we want is somebody to have a bunch of options too. Yeah. How would your doctor, you, again, going back to the doctor analogy, well, here's three things yeah. you could do. Which do you? What would you like to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. I would like to live. <laughs> okay. And I want to have a great life. Okay. So doc, what would you do if I were me is what I always ask. Yeah, yeah. If it was your son or daughter, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And that's the way you shouldn't be given. Here's five options. Pick one, the one you like the best. Yeah. Give me the one that's the best yeah, solution. You're looking for advice, yeah. Okay. So this month, this is the time of year in the late November, December, is I call it the December tax planning month because it's the RSP withdrawal month. Because mm-hmm. what I'm doing at this stage is taking a look at all my clients that are have a reduced income, usually because they've just retired. Um, the Canada pension may or may not have started yet. The mm-hmm. old age security may not have started yet, may not have hit 65. And we're looking at how do we, should we be pulling money out of the RSPs mm-hmm. and get the most. So we, the last thing I ever want a client to have is to have to pay 53.5% tax right now. Yeah, yeah. And there's what, sometimes we can't avoid it at all, but we can reduce it. And I do not want clients, if we can reduce that tax bracket at any cost, I would rather say have those tax those clients pay thirty percent now rather than fifty five percent later. So there's a huge opportunity now, and you should be sitting down with your financial planner to see should you be taking early withdrawal of your RSP, even if you don't need the money, mm-hmm. pay the tax. But maybe we can put it in TFSAs or non-registered. But keep away from that tax bracket, and we'll, we'll go on about that a little later. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and book a spot for their November 21st seminars, 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. There you can listen to old archive shows and ask a question via the listener inquiry button, as well as booking your spot for the November 21st seminar. Quick break here. We're coming back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now, leave a message, and book your spot for their November 21st seminars at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Talking about December tax planning. Yes, as I was just leading up to here. So I'm going over a, a situation and I'm looking at it and say, okay, here's, a, here's somebody 65 years old and... You know, they didn't take out their CPP early at 60. They waited till 65, so that was good. They are starting their old age security, which is kind of the norm at 65. They also, they're getting, can pension plans that works out to about 13,000 a, a year, and old age security currently is about 7,300 a year. Um, so total is 20,500, this person retiring. They also have $600,000 in RSPs, mm. and uh, as well as a, as a pension, of 24,500 from a previous employer from way back. So their income right now is 45,000 a year. They pay tax about 5,000. So they end up with 40,000 a year. They're 65 and their thoughts, which a lot of people are doing, is they're suggesting, okay, I'm gonna take my CPP and OAS at 65 and I'll, uh, and I'll defer the RSPs. And I'll just defer it because why do I wanna pay tax on that money? Right. So. What happens is now you got those RSPs and they keep growing, and they've gone. For, they've grown from now six hundred thousand, 
And at 4% interest, they'd be worth 760,000 by the time they're 71 years old, okay? Well, at that age, at 71, they're now, they're gonna, and let's, I'm, I'm assuming zero inflation because it just made the numbers easier. So they're still gonna get their old age in CPP in the pension, which added up to 45,000, but now they're gonna have this riff. So a 5.5% pullout out of the riff would be 42,000 a year, and they end up with $87,000. Well, the problem with $87,000 at age 71 is now you're making over that clawback threshold, yeah. that old age security clawback threshold, which is currently at $77,000. So you're, you're basically at $10,000 over the threshold. So you're giving back $1,500 of your old age security back to the government because quite frankly, you didn't do enough planning to right. avoid that. Okay, and you're also paying twenty thousand dollars in income tax, twenty thousand five hundred to be exact. So you're left with sixty-six thousand dollars after tax out of your eighty, um, say eighty-seven thousand. So I'm thinking, okay, what's another alternative here? Well, what if they delayed their old age security and their CPP and wait till seventy years old? And for those that haven't thought this, they've, a lot of people have heard that they can um, delay their CPP, Canada Pension Plan, but you can also delay your old age security, both to age 70. Mm -hmm. And if you do so, you're going to get an increase of 36% on your old age security and a 42% increase on your Canada Pension Plan. So now, at, your, at that time, you're going to end up with $28,000, $28,650 rather than $20,500. So you're getting an additional $8,100 a year in your old age, old age security and Canada pension plan. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about that, that is guaranteed indexed money. It's, it's a great pension. Yeah. Now the risk is, what if I don't live that long? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is a risk and we'll go, we could go over that also. But the, this gives an opportunity now that you're not pulling this extra 20500 We can take that 20500 that you used to get out of your OASCPP, pull it out of your RSP at the lowest tax bracket, mm -hmm. 20%. And so instead of your RSP growing to uh, 760, your RSP would now be worth 643,000. So a lot less, a lot less growth because you've been pulling out money at mm -hmm. the lowest bracket. Right. You gotta think, you saved at probably say a 40% tax bracket, maybe higher, and now you're, pay you're paying the tax on their RSP at the lowest bracket, the 20%. You're delaying your OAS and CPP, the index, the guaranteed part. Right. What that also does is give you peace of mind that you're, you've got this guaranteed pension. Right. You, you don't have to worry about the stock markets for that portion or interest rates or anything else. You've got this guaranteed index pension. So it's a great deal. So now at age 71, you're getting your pensions. You're, you're getting your normal pension is 24500 The OAS CPP is 28650 Your RIF it's going to be a little less now because you've got you've pulled out money out of your RSP. So your RIF is now 35,300. Your income after all this is done is actually about 1,400 more than what you would have made before. So you're mm -hmm. actually getting an increase in pay. Yeah. What I don't like about this plan, I'll be frank, is I should have taken more money out. Mm. I should have pulled out more between the 65 and 70. And that's the nice thing about a financial plan is you'd get together every year, review it and say, you know what, we're not on track. Yeah. We should take out even more and pay 30% tax. And I would probably, I would likely have taken out at least another 20,000 a year out of the RSP and pull in there. And that would be another hundred grand pulled out of the RSP and that would avoid all clawback. Mm -hmm. But even in this case, by the time you're, if you live to age 90, 
under those two scenarios, your RIF in option one by just delaying it would be worth 439,000 versus option two of, of taking some early is 378. The nice thing is you've got a lot less taxed at that 53.5% tax bracket. Yeah. That starts at 220,000. So you're in, in option one, you would end up paying $197,000 of income tax versus option 264,000. That's a $31,000 difference on your estate tax. Yeah. 31,000, I don't know about you, but that's a decent car. Yeah, exactly. Okay, And the interesting thing is, under the old age security CPP, without indexing, if you just took it at 65, you'd end up with 512,000. Option two, because you lived fairly long, you actually ended up with $573,000 of payments. So you end up getting an extra 60 grand of government pension money by, by deferring it. So again, Lots of options, every situation is different, but uh, the whole point is it all comes down to having a, a complete holistic plan. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They'll return your call and book your spot for their November 21st seminars at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905 905- 529-7165 and book your spot for their two seminars November 21st and uh, don't forget about the website andyanddon.com that's andyanddon all one word.com you can also book your spot for the November 21st uh, seminar as well talking about synchronized banking what's this synchronized banking and uh, well I'm just going to back up a second just as a reminder so 10 a.m. in the morning yes. on the 21st mm-hmm. at the RBG and 7 p.m. is the other option in the evening on the 21st at the Ancaster Old Mill Mastering your retirement. We look forward to seeing you there. All right. Um, synchronized banking is about, and, and I've been talking about this, I know this year uh, several times, is my frustration over when I look at pe- how people are structuring their banking mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. And particularly as people have headed into retirement, they have a legacy of all these different accounts. Yeah. And I know we get into habits of the way things get done, mm-hmm. right? And it's sometimes it's just too much effort to try and change it or shake it up. It's yeah. easier just to stay the course. Yep. But I can tell you that um, when you think about your financial well-being, and we've been talking about the financial well-being score in terms of trying to put a, a value to how you're doing financially at your stage in life. Mm-hmm. And one area that you can improve your financial well-being score is through your banking yeah. and how you're structuring that. And that's why we're calling it synchronized banking. And um, basically what you want to try and do is eliminate all those extra accounts and simplify it down to one account. Mm-hmm. And I was using this example about my earlier scenario with the couple who were looking and worrying about running out of money mm-hmm. using an all-in-one that we call it, our solutions banking all-in-one line of credit. This is a home equity line of credit. And uh, really what you end up doing is you're borrowing your borrowing necessities and your income from employment or pensions, et cetera, all go into one account. Yeah. And so it, there's a number of different benefits to doing this. Um, certainly starting right out of the gate, estate planning wise, when your executors have to clean up all the little bank accounts that you've got out there at all these different institutions, they'll be cursing you. Trust mm-hmm. me. Yeah. If you have one to deal with, yeah. they'll appreciate it much better. Uh, and that'll go for your spouse in case one dies, you know, just, it just sim- try and clean this up 
and make it simple for yourself. But a lot of times people will use uh, a home equity line of credit or an all-in-one, and the particular product that we have allows people to create what we call sub-accounts. So if you have a, uh, a million-dollar home today, you can set up an all-in-one line of credit for up to 80% of the value. So you could have an $800,000 all-in-one line of credit. Now, you might only need 5,000 of that dollars in terms of buying something, or maybe you see an opportunity to buy a car that comes along and you need 35 grand or you need 40 grand right away. So you know it takes time maybe to get it out of your investments or it may not be an appropriate time to cash in your investments. There might be tax implications that you want to look at and spread over maybe a tax year or two. So being able to go at, use a line of credit might be a quick way to do that, to get access and and be able to get that car or vehicle. People who have rental properties, uh, sub-accounts are fantastic. So again, it's one account, but you can have a separate sub-account for each rental property that you have. Maybe it's just one, maybe it's two, maybe it's five you've got. You have separate accounts, separate banking, separate tax reporting for each simple at each separate sub-account as well. Some people borrow to invest, investment loans. Same thing, a sub-account can be created separate from the rest of your day-to-day banking inside this one account, keeps track of it for you as well. Um, we see uh, loans to students. So parents who have kids that are going through school, uh, they need extra money. Um, so a sub-account could be created that they can access through a debit card to pay it back as needed. Uh, it could be loans for, to kids for a, a wedding or for a uh, down payment on a home. Mm-hmm. Again, it can be tracked separately. Um, we, we tie together a solutions banking, IG uh, Wealth Management Solutions Banking MasterCard as well. You know, World Elite MasterCard for travel points, et cetera, automatically paid off every month through the line of credit because they're connected. And that way you never incur any fees or costs associated with the, with the banking, um, with the MasterCard as well. If you have a positive balance in your account, you get paid interest. Mm-hmm. Right, and if you have, uh, and anytime you have a positive balance in the account, you can transfer that over to any of your sub accounts to reduce the amount of interest that you're paying on those ones as well. So lots of flexibility, and it just really does help you reach your goals faster with having a sort of synchronized approach to your banking. You get benefit of quick access to your money, so you can write a check to yourself. You can get, you can go to a machine. You can e-transfer money. Immediate access to funds that you can remove um, that you need to apply for any. You don't need to apply for any additional financing. Number two would be paying down debt faster while managing those interest costs. Just like I said, if you've got a little positive balance in one account, earning nothing, what do you get on a checking account today? Yeah, zero, right? You can earn up to one uh, percent on a savings portion in the, in that checking account through this all-in-one. But why have it sitting there earning 1% if you're paying 3.95% yeah. on a line of credit somewhere? Slide it over to the line of credit, even if it's for a couple of weeks, yeah. and then move it back. Yeah. And you save interest every yeah. day along the way. So you can get rid of this debt faster. It's fantastic for doing that. Third thing is, again, coming back to this, but consolidating and simplifying your banking. You streamline all your income sources, especially for retirees. Everything's coming into one account. So your Canada Pension Plan, your spouse's Canada Pension Plan, everything is there. And now you're much easier to budget. We talked about this cash flow process going through all, what do you spend money on? Now you've got a way to track it clearly and easily. And finally, tax time is going to get a lot easier. 
because at tax time, you're going to get all the expenses and the interest expenses for tax management purposes from each sub-account is going to be tracked separately and then summarized on one page for you at the end of the year. Mm. So it, it makes so much sense, uh, and I, I'm going to keep jumping on this bandwagon and keep harping on how to improve your financial well-being with a synchronized banking approach. We have been planning your financial future. Let's give a uh, plug to the seminar, November 21st. Yes, uh, our RBG at uh, 10 a.m. and the uh, Ancestral Mill at 7 p.m. And it's about mastering your retirement. And of course, if you want to reserve your spot, 905-529-7165 or check out the website, andyanddon.com. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Andy Lister and Don Fox here from IG Private Wealth Management. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great week. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott.